All right, welcome back to another Shifting Schools. We're so excited for this episode, all focused on social media with students. Why are we focusing on social media with students? Well, it's because our lovely Trisha Freeman has written another free guide all about social media with kids. Trisha, thank you again for creating these free guides for educators everywhere out there. Do you want to talk a little bit about the newest free guide that we have over on the website? Sure. Well, actually, you know, like thanks to listeners and subscribers of our free newsletter, folks had noticed a while ago we had shared out a mini menu for teachers to use in inviting students to talk about their relationship with social media for them to reflect on it in a balanced way, you know, to appreciate that social media, like many things, you know, it's not all bad, it's not all good, and we need to continue to bring a critical lens to how we're engaging with it. So uh, a few newsletter subscribers had reached out and said, hey, we would love more resources that help continue these conversations because, of course, talking with students about social media is not like a well, I did that one time in November and now it's done. You know, social media evolves uh, and changes all the time, as does our relationship with it. So our brand new free guide is entitled Exploring Our Relationship with Social Media. You can get it by heading over to the show notes and downloading it. If you use it, we'd love to hear from you. You can always send us a voice memo by heading over to shiftingschools.com. Now, Jeff, I know that you for a very long time have been supporting schools in addressing this, right? It's complicated. It's nuanced. You want to talk a little bit about what you are, uh, what's, you know, kind of been on the horizon for you lately with supporting schools and social media? And there must be something in the air because newsletter people are saying, hey, what's in social media? And at the same time, I'm having school districts and schools reach out saying, hey, we could use some parent uh, trainings around social media as well. And so there's been just, it's been really crazy. It's literally been like this last month and a half. Uh, So the first thing I'm going to point to, and it'll be over in the show notes, but I did do an interview with Authority Magazine that's up on Median called Raising Children with Healthy Social Media and Digital Media Habits. Uh, We'll make sure there's a link to that. Inside that article, I go into a six-step approach of helping parents to support their students just with screen time and social media together. Uh, So you'll find that over there in the article as well. At the same time, I had EIM Global, which is a global uh, international schools that are in China, Singapore, Bali. Uh, I'm doing a parent session for them, a virtual session for them. They're having a parent coffee morning where they have parents coming into all of their schools and then I'll be in in Zoom and we're going to be talking about supporting their children and their families and setting up good structures. And then a, a shout out to Richland School District here in the state of Washington reached out and said, hey, we're having parents come to us and saying that they want to do a social media thing. And it's so fun. Literally, there must be something in the air. This all has happened in a couple of weeks. Um, but they're doing a cool thing where we're, we're doing a three part series. And so we're doing one session, one 90 minute session, uh, a month for the next three months. And what they're going to create is like a little, uh, I don't know, call it a passport. If you will, those of you in education probably know this, where if a family comes to all three, they'll get a certificate of being like a certified digital family or something like that. Um, but we're gonna be talking about social media, screen time, supporting parents, the way we set it up, which I think is kind of cool too, is we have the parents bring the kids. We want the entire family there. And then for 45 minutes, we work as a family group talking through a bunch of these issues around social media and screen time. And then the second 45 minutes, we pair the the students leave and go do other activities. And we usually have the tech coaches or instructional coaches have activities set up. Uh, I've even done this with uh, another school district where they had a uh, high school kind of like digital literacy team 
that came in and like worked with the elementary kids during that time. And then I get 45 minutes to talk specifically with the parents without the kids in the room. Uh, so it's just a great way to set up, but it just it, exciting times. And, and if you need support and help uh, or your parent community is reaching out saying, Hey, we need some support and help around this. Uh, just a couple different ways we can set it up. So please do reach out to us at shiftingschools.com. You can, you can email us over there and we can get you on the schedule, but it's just fascinating. This idea of social media uh, just seems to be on everybody's mind again. And it's so great that we were able to talk to Andrea Jones about what this has meant for her as in her work. Trisha, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, we, we always strive to make sure that we're having balanced conversations. And I know that sometimes, you know, folks kind of diminish the value of social media, but the reality is it, it can be an amazing tool for building community for learning. And of course, anybody who's doing anything in the world of business knows this is just a part of it now. And so we wanted to invite somebody on the show who has experience in doing the work that brands need to do and thinking about their messaging, in thinking about what are the essential skills. If you have a student who is fascinated by social media, are you actually letting them know like there are a whole range of different professional career pathways and Andrea Jones is uh, the, the person who founded Savvy Social Podcast and the Savvy Social School. Uh, her business, again, works with companies from all around the world in thinking critically about how they're building a brand vision on social media. And what I love is in this conversation, she also talks about how her foundation for the work she does today came in through the literature classroom. So if you're an ELA teacher, there's some great links to be made here in terms of the analytical thinking that is a part of anybody who wants to pursue social media strategy as a profession. Yeah. And I think so much with kids, you know, we're always thinking about the negative side of social media, but on the flip side of it, you can make a lot of money being a social media strategist for any company today. It's literally a career pathway in multiple different ways. Um, even at times, Trisha, we've hired social media people to support us at Shifting Schools uh, and other organizations I've been um, involved with. We've we've hired somebody that is a marketing social media person. Uh, so it, 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 there is this concern about how much time kids are, are consuming social media, but let's not forget that there is some great power to be had in helping and supporting kids in creating that. Uh, and what does a pathway forward look to, to students who might be into that? So a great episode uh, with Andrea Jones. Before we get to that, here's a quick word from today's show sponsors. Just a quick reminder before we get to today's episode that you can save $50 at the upcoming NCCE conference here in the state of Washington, March 21st through 23rd by using the code SHIFTINGSCHOOLS50. It's always a great conference and I'll be there doing six sessions, including two on ChatGPT and AI in education. We will also be recording a live Shifting Schools podcast with anyone who wants to join us we will be in room 406 at 2 p.m. on March 23rd. That's right at the end of the conference. Thank you to NCCE for sponsoring Shifting Schools and giving us a space to record a live episode. If you're going to the conference, please make sure you stop by and say hi. And if you can join me at 2 p.m. in room 406, we'll be part of the podcast and we'd love to have you. We'll be talking about trends during the conference, aha moments, and just our takeaways and what's happening in education today. 
If you can make it to the conference, make sure you follow using the hashtag, hashtag NCCE23 on Twitter and be listening for that episode after the conference. Again, that's ncce.org and that offer code is SHIFTINGSCHOOLS50. Of course, it's all in the show notes as well. And just a quick reminder that all our podcast listeners can save $25 when they use the code SSPOD25 at checkout on any of our courses. Our five-day AI challenge and Trisha's Stellar, the intersection of AI and equity are both for sale at the moment. With the discount code, you get either one for 74 bucks. We send you an email with a link to the slide deck that includes everything you need to implement it in your school a built-in reflective journal, a facilitator's guide, and videos walking you through the process. In fact, I just took our five-day challenge and used it in a PD training at a school district. So many great ways to use these resources. Don't forget that $74 for a site license. You are allowed and encouraged to give every teacher in your building their own copy. You don't have to go to a website. There's no logging in. We literally just give you the file to share within your school. It comes in both Google Slides and PowerPoint format. And of course, we're here to support you every step of the way. So use that code SSPOD25 and start supporting the shift in your school around generative AI. That's SSPOD25 at shiftingschools.com. All right. And with that, here's Andrea Jones talking about social media, the career in social media, some of the skills that we need in social media, just a really great interview focused on how are we supporting students today in the world that they're living in. And with that, on with the show. All right. Welcome back to Shifting Schools. Excited to have Andrea and Trisha here, of course, talking all about social media and really digging into social media strategies. We are going into a whole social media in schools kind of a three-part series here over the next couple of weeks. Trisha and I will be talking more about that as we get going, but we're excited to have Andrea here who's going to be talking uh, to us today about the idea of social marketing, social media, social marketing, uh, just, just kind of get us started. So Andrea, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. And as we get started here, uh, the first question we have for you is kind of outlining for our audience of educators, what is a social media strategy? And even as an educator who might hit just have, you know, a Twitter account or an Instagram account, or now, you know, teacher TikTok is really starting to take off. Um, why might you want to have a social media strategy? What, what do we even mean by that term? Yes. You know, social media is something that we all started hanging out on with our friends to keep up. And now it's this... Uh, emerging way for um, professionals to showcase their skills. And especially in the education space, I'm glad you mentioned TikTok. There is a rise in educators, um, you know, sharing their skills and also um, being almost virtual mentors to other educators and and lifting each other up. So um, social media strategy really is the intentionality behind leveraging social media as a tool to build uh, what I'll call is your personal brand. So Hmm. um, as an educator, you have the ability to um, kind of expand your network, connect with other educators, other teachers, as well as share resources and even relate to your students as you learn how, you know, they're also navigating these spaces. And especially now more than ever, I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad that I didn't grow up with, with the phone in my hand and on social media, but our next generation, you know, they already have a TikTok account. They already have an Instagram account. So um, the, the strategy behind showing up there as well as relating 
relating to them on that level, I think is super important for um, for educators and for teachers. And we really love talking to educators about some emerging career paths that we certainly, you know, as you pointed out, like we didn't grow up thinking about one day I might become a social media strategist. And we'll talk about the various hats that you wear, but of course that's one of them. So what would you say are the essential skill sets for that specific career pathway? Yes, it's funny because I went to university for English literature. (laughs) And I find myself leaning on those skills in my social media strategy career. Um, But essentially, it's a lot of research. So I look at emerging trends and study those trends and be able to connect the dots um, to see, you know, why things are happening in in marketing and in digital marketing. Um, There's a lot of creativity involved as well when it comes to creating content. Um, So taking those trends and then applying them to what I'm doing. Um, And then there's a lot of analysis involved as well. So once I've, you know, taken that trend, I've applied it, now I'm analyzing if it actually worked. And to me, it's very much like writing those research papers about Shakespeare (laughs) in university where, you know, you everyone has their own perspective, their own twist on, on a certain thing, but I'm able to bring all those skill sets. And you know, social media is one of those things too that is so fast paced that it does require someone who kind of likes the the shifts of the market. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as we're thinking about the skill sets, um, creative, anal- analytical, research, all of those things combined, um, kind of make the great concoction <laughs> that is a social media strategist. And I'm guessing too, you also really need to just be kind of a lifelong learner because, again, it's not like social media as it was even two years ago is the way that it is today. And we get questions a lot about TikTok. Um, You know, Jeff and I have talked on the show about how this is the year that finally uh, we are experimenting with TikTok. And, you know, like we're, Jeff, I hope you don't mind me saying this, like we're of that age demographic where initially it was a little bit intimidating. So for our audience who, again, are working with the next generation of entrepreneurs, future business leaders, can you speak a little bit about um, the emerging role of TikTok in the world of business? Yes. You know, TikTok is literally changing social media. Um, you know, TikTok, uh, for, for those of you who don't understand TikTok, first of all, let me say, don't feel bad. <laughs> um, when, I, when I first logged on, I immediately logged off because a video started playing and I was like, I didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it, it can be a bit of a commanding platform. But um, TikTok is a micro video content platform that originally started as a dance-based platform and kind of evolved into its own ecosystem of video content. So it's all video-based. Um, micro video meaning le- usually less than 90 seconds. Um, there, there are videos that are longer, but typically that that's what defines a TikTok video. And it is literally changing social media. You know, Instagram now has reels. YouTube now has shorts. Pinterest even has idea pins, all because of the TikTok phenomenon. Um, And TikTok has its own um, culture as well and its own language. So a lot of the younger generation, I would say Gen Z and I guess Gen Alpha is the one after that, um, they're defining what's 
cool and popular and trending. And a lot of that is happening on TikTok. So whereas in previous generations, we'd have like these pockets of trending things maybe in our local communities, um, TikTok now has become a community of itself. So, you know, a student who lives in Nebraska sees the same thing as a, as a person living in Nova Scotia, as a person living, you know, all around the world. So um, this this emergence of this platform is really opening a lot of doors for content creators. Uh, my um, uh, to, as a, as an example of this, my nephew is eleven and he wants to be a TikToker. Um, he'll he just got a phone, which is just for like football practice, but he'll mimic creating TikTok videos. Like he'll talk to himself and and mimic creating the videos. And it's just so fascinating to see the creativity show up in that way for the younger generation. So it it really is changing the accessibility for that younger generation and giving them opportunities to, to, to create new career pathways and to do different things in business as well. You're so, I mean, you're making me feel old, first of all, which I am. So it's, it's fine. It's, you can make me feel old, but it's so interesting, Trisha, because I was just thinking, you know, when I was doing keynotes pre pandemic, uh, at conferences and at school districts, one of the things I always had the audience do was say, raise your hand. If when you ask students what they want to be, when they grow up, they say a YouTuber and almost every teacher raises their hand. And I'm thinking four short years later, I need to be asking the audience, raise your hand if when you say, what do you want to be when you grow up, your kids say, I want to be a TikToker, right? I want to be a social media influencer. And even just like in these four short years, three short years, the power that TikTok has had in the lives of our students. And Andre, I'm so excited that you, you talked about that. I mean, for better or for worse, and we talk about it all the time on the podcast here, our job as educators is to prepare students for their future, not our past. And mm-hmm. for better or for worse, and you don't have to like it. It's not about liking it. It's about understanding what is coming with this generation. The other thing I want to touch on, and Trisha, this it is a revolving theme every single time we talk to entrepreneurs on this podcast, every time we talk to business owners on this podcast, there is this intersection between literature or EAL and data analysis, otherwise known as math. There's a cross-curricular exchange constantly happening. Every single entrepreneur we talk about says, oh, I had you know an ELA background, or I had a background in literature, or a background in poetry. And then I had to have this analytical side because you throw something out on social network on a social media platform. You have to be able to read the data as it's coming back to you. You have to be able to dissect that data and then decide, did that work? Did that not work? What switches do I make? Do I make any changes or do I continue down, down that road? And there's this cross-curricular thing in schools where all of a sudden, if I'm an ELA teacher, I need to be thinking about, okay, in my ELA classroom, how am I bringing data in for kids to tell stories about the data? And if I'm a math teacher, how am I taking the data that we're talking about and helping kids to understand and help them make stories with the data? Like mm-hmm. to me, that and Andre, am, am I wrong in that? Like this is like this is like the skill of entrepreneurs. Yes. I think today we keep talking about is do you find yourself in those two worlds? Yes, it it feels like a mixture of the the 
tangible math, data, science side of things, and then the intangible of the creative, the poetry, Mm. the art of things as well. And that is coming together quite nicely with social media. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what the future holds as well, because this next generation is going to do some powerful things with social media, things we can't even think about right now. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that combination kind of breeds new content, new ideas, new social platforms, et cetera, et cetera. And I I think too, layered on top of that, or maybe layered or woven all through it, is the intrapersonal skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the other power of social media is the opportunity to network, um, to build connections. Your podcast that we'll be sure to link to to over there in the show notes, you have multiple episodes where you're talking about networking via social media because it's not as simple as, you know, just tag someone, reach out. Um, it's nuanced. And we talk to educators a lot about how communication skills, they have dramatically changed within a decade. So for educators who are thinking, right, I want my students to know how to draft an effective pitch or... Uh, you know, use social media for that, what used to be a cold call reach out or really to make a connection, right? We talk about mentorship Mm -hmm. and um, we can't just be expecting that a mentor will find us and want to support us for students who are also thinking, I want to reach out and I want to help, you know, advocate for mentors to support me. Can you talk about how social networks really define the industries that you work with and, and why that connection piece also is is worth time learning and thinking about. Yeah. And you know, connection to me personally goes really deep. Um, I actually met my husband on YouTube (laughs) just by commenting on a video. We were both YouTubers at the time. And um, this was back to when being a YouTuber was very odd, like 2010, 2011. It was was not a cool thing. Um, But I think that that example is a great um, a great one because it was you know we're connecting virtually with people who have similar interests as we do and we lived in two different countries at the time I'm from the U.S. in Atlanta Georgia he lived in Canada and Toronto so like we connected through the power of the internet some of my best friends I connected with on Instagram and so social media and social networks have opened up the possibility for this. So you're no longer limited to connecting with mentors who are in your local town. You can connect virtually with anyone. Um, now, for those of you who have students who are a little shy, I'm, I consider myself an introvert. Like I'm Harry Potter fan in my bedroom reading books. Like that was me. Um, I think finding those similar interests is mm. key to opening up the conversation, um, recognizing that you know people usually put themselves out there on the internet because they are open to having conversations. So um, approaching it with that mentality can be very helpful. And then um, also educating your students around the rejection side of it as well. So, you know, as we're reaching out to mentors and and people on the internet, just because they are available doesn't mean they can, they will say yes. So there is a rejection piece as well that can be helpful to mentally prepare your students um, and your classes to just be able to know that when you reach out to people, they may not give you the answer that you want, but you know, putting yourself out there is the path towards getting what you want as well, even if you do get a few no's along the way. Um, 
Yeah. I love that because you're so true. And and I, I wonder if you could even speak to a little bit about, you know, the empathy piece when you are, when you have a social media strategy, this idea that, you know, my idea is my idea. And I have, I have issues with this all the time is I'll write something up and be like, this is so cool. Everybody's going to like it because I'm coming at it from my perspective rather than trying to put yourself in the receiver's shoes. Can you kind of talk about that? Is that some of the analysis that you do that if you're making content in your social media strategy and saying, okay, I'm making content for uh, our parent community, or I'm making content for this age group. What is some of that like almost empathy piece that you have to put yourself in the receiver's shoes? Can you kind of talk through some of the things that maybe people can do or what you do around that? Yeah. And you know, this empathy piece is, it ties back into connection. Honestly, you know, when we create content online, um, specifically, um, for, you know, our parents or for, um, our other educators, um, you really are creating it for them and not for Mm -hmm. you. So, you know, going into it with that in mind can be very helpful in crafting that piece of content. Um, And then also one of the beautiful things that's happening right now is that it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, the more imperfect it is, the more people relate to it. So that really makes it feel like more of a two-way conversation instead of someone, you know, getting up and like preaching at you online, right? So um, that empathy piece, I think, ties in there. Um, So the videos that we see work really well, for instance, are the ones where someone's in their car, maybe after a Mm. hard day at school, and they're like, hey, my fellow educators, here's something that happened in my classroom today. Or, you know, um, the videos on TikTok that go viral are the ones where it looks like a student just kind of captured their teacher in the moment, you know, it feels very much like a real video that we all can connect to and not something that was staged or mm. um, not something that was, you know, curated, scripted. Yeah. scripted. yeah. So I think that's also where the empathy piece really ties in is that, you know, when you meet people where they are, that's super powerful instead of um, trying to be something that you're not or trying to make something into this mm. huge production. Um, first of all, social media doesn't last very long. So, you know, it's a it can be a hit today and tomorrow people forget about it. <laughs> so um, we don't need to put so much time and energy into creating all these content pieces. Um, but then secondarily, you know, when it feels like you just thought of it, it feels like you're just having a conversation with someone Mm. versus a a whole production. And I'm guessing there is that piece of really trying to get to know your audience, especially if we're talking about businesses, you know, constantly working on the, what is our connection with folks who support us or folks who want to get to know our brand. Um, And I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on maybe different brands or social media campaigns that you think might make for an interesting investigation, because I think there's learning there, too, in the classroom to be done around what's happening here. Why does this seem to be catching on or who's doing something? You know, you mentioned the creativity piece. Social media is fast and it's also flooded with so many different voices. Right. So what do you do to cut through the noise? And I'm, I'm thinking this morning, Maintenance Phase is another podcast I really enjoy listening to. They've established a, a listener base who loves them. So all they needed to do was say upcoming episode and the photo attached to their post was just an image of apple cider vinegar. So folks who listen to that show, their audience will very much know like what's about to happen. It got gazillion retweets. 
But that doesn't work for everybody, right? If you haven't established that sense of rapport. So for teachers who are thinking, okay, this might be really cool for us to practice that analysis of what's going on with this campaign or you know, in what way is this brand really cutting through the noise? Can you think of an example that you might point our listeners to? Yes. The one that comes to mind for me is Duolingo, which I oh, personally okay. just love as an app, yeah. um, being someone who loves learning anyways. Um, but the the reason I like Duolingo is because they're actually not focused on producing content. Mm. They're focused on connecting with their audience. So instead of producing a lot of content, they're actually in the comment sections of you know tweets and TikToks and Instagram posts really um, adding to the conversation. And so I think a big first step for educators is before, you know, considering the types of content you want to produce and doing a lot of work around that is tuning in and listening and participating in the communities that you want to be a part of. Um, That typically will give you some inspiration for what you would like to post, but then also it puts you at the ground level with everyone else on the platform, you know, participating in that community as well. So check out Duolingo. They come to mind for TikTok specifically. I've been doing a lot of studies on TikTok and um, they really have nailed it uh, as far as um, showing up in a way that feels really like authentic as a brand without creating a ton of content. It's fascinating to me. And I'm so crazy that you brought that up. Uh, I mean, my goddaughter who's 18, so right in that wheelhouse, she will not let her Duolingo streak go away. You know, and, and but she talks about she she follows them on TikTok. She follows them in social media, and and they they speak to her in an authentic way that she feels like she's letting people down if she lets her Duolingo streak go away. And I'm just like, you realize this is, you know, I mean, I, I get it, and, and but it's so fascinating. They do they do a great job. I think that's a great one for educators to look at and have kids look at in your classroom uh, as well. Um, Lastly, for our listeners who want to connect with you or maybe have you in as a guest speaker for their school, maybe work with a communication team, again, we will make sure there's a link to uh, the Savvy Social Podcast, uh, your podcast in our show notes as well. Uh, what are what are some ways that, that schools can reach out to you uh, and, and maybe uh, have that connection if, if this is something they want to pursue and, and, and even get more information on and, and help, help with a social media strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, you can listen to the podcast. It's a really great way to understand my approach to social. If you liked what you listened to here, um, that's a really good place to start. And then my website, onlinedrea.com. Um, we offer a number of services, whether it's, you know, the the school board needs someone to take over the entire social account or whether it's, you know, how do we, um, you know, protect our kids from bullying online and need a, a talk around that. Um, we, we can help with all sorts of things there. Um, So yeah, send me a note. Let me know what you think. And if you need some inspiration for TikTok, I do show up there. I'm at Online Drea. And um, I don't do dancing. So I do find (laughs) that people like like an alternative to dancing. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good because I've been, I feel like the pressure that I have to dance and I've not done the dances yet. So <laughs> I've tried it once or twice. It's not for me. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. It and that's okay too. We have lots of uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, Andrea, who are teaching entrepreneurship. If they were going to recommend just one episode of your podcast, perhaps for like a grade 11 or a grade 12 student who has a passion for entrepreneurship and maybe has an idea 
for a business, is there a specific episode you would point them to? Yes. Start with episode 200 of the podcast. I did a celebration of 200 episodes and I talked about my biggest failures and lessons learned in business. Because after running a business for eight years, I've had to learn a lot. So that's a really good episode (laughs) to start with. I always love it when entrepreneurs share the share those sides of the stories as well. Uh, that's always great. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, really appreciate you giving your time and we'll make sure there's links to your website and the podcast uh, and even episode 200. We'll make it really easy for educators. They can uh, click on the show notes and find a link in the show notes as well. Trisha, if people want to reach out to you to learn more, where's a good place for people to reach out to you? Jeff, I'm on Twitter way too much. Um, I am at Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A underscore fried. So you'll find me there probably seven days a week. I've got to think about that (laughs) habit. Jeff, if folks want to reach out to you, where would you like them? Oh, well, I think the TikTok, I'll keep going with the TikTok. Um, I'm the TikTok. I really, and maybe I need a social media strategy. That's my problem now is I've got two different hats that I wear with uh, my real estate business and a real estate podcast. And then this side. And so you're finding, if you go over and follow at Jay Udick on uh, TikTok, you're going to see some educational stuff, which is behind the scenes footage of these podcast episodes. And then you're going to get some real estate stuff behind the scenes footage of that one as well. So as I'm kind of playing with what hat am I wearing and do I need to have two different accounts? And I don't know what I'm doing over there yet. So, uh, but the playing around, trying to figure it out. So uh, at Jay Udick there and everywhere else on the interwebs as well. So it's great. Andrea, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. We'll make sure everything's over there in the show notes. And until next time, we'll see you on the network.